Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. Good morning, church. Thank you for joining us online. So glad you're with us. Um, we are continuing the Keeping the Faith series, and uh, I feel like there's been a, a momentum growing over these weeks, Keeping the Faith series. And so today is the last in this series as we approach the fasting week and the faith cards, the prophetic on Thursday night. Really looking forward to this week. I'm really expecting a lot of testimonies next weekend. And so let's, uh, let's approach this week wholeheartedly. But what a great message Ladea did last week on fasting. Uh, you can catch that on podcast. So have a listen to that if you haven't, or if you have, listen to it again. Well worth it. A couple of really cool things that she said. Fasting is longing for God with our whole body. Fasting is one of those habits which keep our relationship, one of the many habits which keep our relationship with God strong. And so today I'm going to ask you to listen with your hearts. I want to inspire you and challenge you. I want to just encourage you to go to a level of relationship with God that you have not gone before this week. And so can I encourage you also, as Justin has already done, take this, fill it in during the week if you haven't, and just bring these three points before God and allow the Holy Spirit to quicken something in your heart in which you need to go to faith for in these three different categories on your faith card. So before I jump into the, the meat of my message, I want to kind of just touch on two things, uh, maybe as a preface to my message, and that is we have an adversary. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Why is it that we always kind of default to our battle being in the physical, that our battle with our finances is our job or it's the bank. Our battle with relationship is people. We, we kind of label everything in the physical when it comes to the challenges that we face. But yet scripture says we are not wrestling. We will wrestle, but we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. But we are wrestling against principalities and powers. There's principalities and powers over this city, over this southern province of Skåne. And that's who we are wrestling against. And so we have an adversary. And this adversary last year tried to restrict his church, tried to limit the church of Jesus Christ and undermine it and intimidate it. And I want to stand here before you as my first point and declare to you something that you already know, and that is he failed terribly, that he absolutely did not succeed because the church of Jesus Christ is alive and well. And I just wanted to speak that out as a spiritual blessing over our church, but also a declaration to the heavens. And the second thing, before I jump into the rest of my message, is I'm discerning within my spirit that there's something different about this year. Uh, I'm normally pretty good at this sort of thing, and I'm feeling like, and I know we use this language every beginning of a year, but this is a different Beginning. I, I really believe that there's something spiritually, there's a line drawn in the sand for us as a church that this is the, we're going to look back on 2021 and say it begun there. Something shifted in this church, in the lives of the people in this church 
God started something new and took us to a different level in 2021. So I feel like there definitely is a new chapter or a new beginning for us as a church and that there's a hope, there's a wandering, an anticipation that's growing in my spirit and from what I hear from the leaders, it's growing in their spirit that we're walking into an empowered future of miracles and, and divine intervention and action. And so let me encourage you. The enemy hasn't won. God's on the throne. His church is strong and alive. And then God is at work in your life and in this church. But first, for us to engage with those first two points, I'm also sensing that we need to revisit something or should I say re-establish something in our relationship with God. And that is, I believe God is calling us to re-establish a new level of trust in him, a new level of confidence, a new level of boldness and expectation. Let's feel this calling to greater boldness and confidence and trust and expectancy of him working in our midst. And so to reposition ourselves this week, So we can allow faith to rise. So we can allow the Holy Spirit as we read in the word, as we pray and as we sit quietly before the Father, fan that flame of faith in our lives. But also at the same time, I feel like there's a lingering smell carried over from last year. One of the things I do enjoy doing uh, for breakfast, is I like to cook bacon and an egg on toast. Um, it's something I, I, I enjoy. And I know bacon is one of those secret things that many people would not admit but love to eat. And it's interesting, when you cook bacon, it's hard to keep it a secret. It's hard to keep it a secret from your wife. It's hard to keep it a secret from your kids because no matter how much you clean up the kitchen, no matter how much you scrub that pan, wipe down the the spattered oil around the the stovetop and clean the benches and put everything away, there's a lingering, beautiful smell of bacon as soon as they walk into the kitchen. Well, I think there's a lingering smell from last year. And I think that smell is uncertainty. I think uncertainty is still lingering in the hearts of Christians. It's definitely, we see it in global economies and the business world, but it's also in the church. And the reason I bring this up is because even the word uncertainty doesn't sound so concrete. It's a little bit vague and beige. But I just want to just zone in on this for a second. Uncertainty is really dangerous to our faith. Uncertainty breeds intimidation, which paralyzes our faith and any faith initiatives that God has for us this year. Let me just repeat that. Uncertainty, I feel like, is lingering in our hearts still a little bit. And it breeds intimidation. It breeds a... a a reluctance, a hesitation that paralyzes our faith from rising to a place that pleases God this year. It paralyzes faith initiatives 
that God would have for us. And so this week, let's reposition ourselves. Let's recognize those things in our hearts that we just need to get rid of and choose to believe God again and go to that place of trust and belonging with him. That we go to that place of intimacy, which I think for many of us is a strange place, but you know what? Let's get started with it. Let's open that door and walk in that room and spend time with him and allow intimacy to develop. You see, the last thing we want to do is to go into this into this uh, new year, into 2021, with attitudes like, oh, I hope this thing works out this year. Oh, let's just hang in there. It'll be okay. Let's carry on as usual. These are the sort of statements we don't want to have in our hearts for this year. My son Tom... He lives, in, he lives in Melbourne. He's just finishing his degree and he's looking for work. And he, he sent a photo of himself this last week and he looked like a cooked red lobster. He'd been to the beach with his friends and, and we asked him, mate, didn't you put sun cream on? He said, yeah, I did. I put sun cream on. But I forgot to keep putting it on. And that's a very common mistake, actually, when you go to the beach. You, you do all the preparation of the sun cream and the hat and everything and then in all the fun, you forget to reapply the sunscreen. And um, that got me thinking about Australia. It got me thinking about beaches and got me thinking onto this illustration. And as many of you know, the temperatures in Australia continue to rise with horrific bushfires every year. And with these high temperatures, people are flocking to the beaches. And I did a little bit of research just wondering and the coastline of Australia is, in measurement, 47,000 kilometres long and it has 10,685 beaches. So no matter what, you'll be able to find a beach wherever you go along the coast. 10,685 beaches around Australia. When Susan and I got married in Sweden just a few years ago, we're actually approaching 30 years soon, um, and we came back to Sydney, my hometown. We went to the beach and I said, sweetheart, let's just sit on the sand and look at the surf because I want to show you something. At face value, it just looks like waves, beautiful waves crashing onto the seashore, people playing and surfing in the waves. But I want to show you something that maybe you're not seeing. All that water that is rolling in on these waves Huge volumes of water has to go somewhere once it's finished coming onto the beach. It's got to go back and then it's got to go back out to sea. And the way it does that is it goes down the beach and then out. There's a current that will move you. And many of you that have been, a, been to a surfing beach, you will be swimming in the water and playing and, and you'll look up and you, you'll see that you've moved with the current. You're no longer in the position where you're beach umbrella is and your towel and your friends are sitting. You've moved down the beach 50 metres, not knowing it because there's a current of water looking to go back out to sea. And so that current moving down the beach then turns almost into a flow and a river that goes through the waves or next to the waves out to sea. And if you look hard, you can see the water travelling out to sea. And I tried to show this to Susan and we took some time 
And I had the opportunity to show uh, Max and Jade when we were in Jeffreys Bay in South Africa uh, last year and got to show them how it works as well. Because this is a really dangerous part of surfing in surf beaches, is the current. It can take you out to sea. And if you try to swim against the current, you'll get exhausted and likely drown. Up to 125 people drown around Australian beaches every year. Most of them are international students and tourists, not aware of the dangers when they step into the water. And so, of course, the Australian government takes a lot of precautions and all the populated beaches have lifeguards and beach flags and the beach flags are the safer zone where you can swim. If you go outside of those lifeguard, outside of those flags, they will blow a whistle and tell you to come back in because that is the place they can rescue you for sure. If you go outside of that, you're outside of their vision and they can see you, you're further away from them. And so they create a space on the beach that they know is the safest place for you to swim. And that if you get into trouble, they can definitely help you and save you. Here's the thing. These people are highly trained to rescue lives. But it's a tremendously dangerous job. Because swimming through the surf to go rescue someone drowning is incredibly challenging and dangerous and has to be done very carefully. You can't just go up and grab them and pull them in, into shore. You see, because when someone's drowning, they're panicking. The water level is going up above their face and they're struggling to breathe and they're exhausted and they can hardly keep afloat and they only have one instinct and that is to survive. And so here comes a person swimming out to them and they're going fantastic and they're thrashing around and making all sorts of physical gestures, trying to keep afloat and try to keep their mouth above water. And if that surf lifesaver, that lifeguard comes straight to them, that person that's drowning will literally just jump on them and push them down so they go up and they can breathe. They will grab onto them so tight and push them under the water so they can breathe. That's what will happen. And we've seen numerous people die because they've approached someone that's drowning like that. And so the lifeguard is trained to try to get the person that's drowning to calm down, to relax all the tension and trust the lifeguard, to trust him or her that's right in front of them. But you need to relax first. You need to calm down before they can approach and take you to safety. You see, I think one of our biggest challenges, I think one of the biggest challenges God has, do you know God has huge challenges? God has a big challenge with us and we have a big challenge with us as well and that is learning to relax and trust Him. Learning to calm down Relax and trust that his arms, our lifeguard, will take us to safety. To give up control, to stop striving and, and stressing and spiritual stress, but to trust, breathe out and relax and know that you're safe. So as we look down the avenue of this year, I want to ask you, and I ask you every year, what do you see? 
As Justin mentioned, our next series is called See. What do you see as we look down the avenue of this year? What do you see in the mind's eye? What do you see in your heart? What do you, what do you long for in your spirit? Because I'm sensing a rise in people's hearts. I'm sensing a rise in people's spirits. They may not be able to put words to it, but there's something that's happening in the lives of the people of this church. That there's a hope, that there's an inspiration that's rising, that the lifeguard has arrived. Or are you still watching the waves? Are you still panicking? Do you still feel like you're drowning spiritually like many of us did last year? Is there a lingering odour of uncertainty in your heart? I'm believing God is calling us to a renewed trust in him, a renewed confidence in him and a renewed expectation of him. Turn with me to uh, 2 Chronicles 20.17 in the New Living Translation. I just want to read out of Verse, chapter 20, verse 17 in Second Chronicles. Verse 17. But you, well, let me just say the context of this passage. This is King Jehoshaphat. Um, he's facing a huge military force. He is way outnumbered by an absolutely gigantic enemy. And he's looking to be wiped out. Anyone know what we're talking about here? Anyone kind of come close to that kind of feeling of intimidation? So here's King Jehoshaphat, 2 Chronicles 20:17, and God says to him, But you will not need to even fight. You will not need to fight. That he's saying, I need you to trust me, I need you to relax, I need you to stand firm, give up control. Stop striving because it postpones the miraculous in your life. For some reason, we have a default and inbuilt need to be in control as humans. That if something's going to be done, I have to do it. It all depends on me if something's going to happen. But here's the thing. It doesn't depend on you. It depends on your dependency on him. And this week is about coming back and aligning ourselves like a plumb line to a building to see if it's straight, to align ourselves and get ourselves dependent on him. Just like Jehoshaphat had to choose to trust him, relax and be dependent on him. To learn this week a new level of dependence on him. To take our hands off the plough, to stop stressing and let the lifeguard do his job. Verse 17, but you will not even need to fight, Jehoshaphat. You will not even need to fight for your career, for your marriage, for your relationships, for your children. Take your position, stand still, and watch the Lord's victory. Take your position, stand still, and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Malmö. He is with you, O people of C3 Church. He is with you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow. Step up tomorrow. Go out against them for the Lord is with you. We don't need to take it into our hands anymore. 
But he does say this. This is our responsibility in this relationship with God. He's saying you don't need to. I'll defeat your enemy. I'll defeat your, the stresses in your life. I'll defeat the questions in your heart. I'll defeat all everything that you, you, you put in front of me. If you just do this one thing, take your position and stand still. Take your position and be aware that I've got you. Trust me and relax in the thought, in the reality that my arms have got you and I'm taking you to safety. This is our responsibility, the discipline of our lives to position ourselves right before God this week for God's divine intervention, for God's breakthrough, for his provision, for whatever it is that you're putting on your dream card this week, that we would take up our position, seek him, that we would take up our position and stand still, watch and see. When I talk about I feel like there's something new and afresh coming on our church this year that we're going to look back on in the future and go, it started then. It started then in February 2021 when the church fasted and prayed and sought him. When I'm talking about that, I'm talking about a level of intimacy that's developing in the lives of the people in our church. An intimacy where the Father says, I want you to not just come to my place of grace to my place of acceptance, to my throne room of grace. I don't want you just to come. I want you to come boldly. I believe he's asking us, take that responsibility to choose to come boldly, not with a sense of uncertainty and insecurity, but come boldly asking for those three things on your faith card. Bring your faith card boldly into my presence and know that I'm totally engaged. Know that I am totally with you in it, walking with you in it, speaking to you in it. I want to show you what I see around these three things for you. God, give us eyes to see. Give us ears to hear this week. I'm believing as we position ourselves, as we take a stand, take a moment every single day, that all of a sudden, unexpectedly, unplanned, he's going to whisper in your heart, He's going to say something. He's going to reveal something. He's going to ignite a vision. He's going to release a, a faith initiative that you've never thought of. It couldn't have come from you. I have those moments regularly where it doesn't come from me. I, I'm not that smart. It's a faith initiative, a faith vision, a faith res, a resolution to an issue in my life or in the church. But that this week, we would relax and trust the lifeguard. So just before I pray, one last thought. He calls us to come boldly into his throne room of grace. Why? Because we are his children. We're his own. He paid everything for us. He didn't go cheap. He paid the ultimate. He gave up everything that he could call us his own. You see, I'm not like a son to him. I am his son. You're not like his daughter. You are his daughter. It is his incomparable seed established in you by the Holy Spirit that makes you his son and daughter. And he says, come to me boldly, recklessly, and know that I am there for you. 
Know that I'm with you in this week. As you struggle to develop new disciplines of just being alone with me, I know I'm not condemning you. I'm welcoming you. My favorite, I long you for you to take these moments. I so respect the effort that you're making. Come. Position yourself. Take a stand. And you'll hear me. You'll see me. You'll feel faith rising. You'll see and feel expectancy come out of your heart. In Jesus' name. Let's pray. Let's just close our eyes while we pray. Let's just take a moment. Like I said at the beginning of the message, I want you to listen with your heart. And I want you to zero in on your heart right now. In Jesus' name. Father, this week, as we position ourselves before you, Father, for every person who has a sincere heart, that as they journey through this week before you, I ask that lights, Holy Spirit, revelation will come from the Scriptures, will come from the Holy Spirit, will come through others. Lord, you speak in so many ways. And Lord, I pray that you bring life into people's hearts, that if someone is carrying that lingering um, odour of uncertainty in their hearts, that you will reveal it and they can get rid of it and go to that place of security, boldness and faith in you, in Jesus' name. That there is a capacity to feel your intimacy and your longing and embrace the dreams of our hearts, their expectancy of your miraculous intervention this year. Father, we want to have eyes to see what you see. We want to have ears to hear what you have to say and a heart that is longing and responsive to your instruction. Thank you, Father. You are so faithful. You are so faithful. You are so loving and caring. And we just love being your kids and we just give you our heart again today. In Jesus' beautiful and powerful name, amen. Amen. Well, I hope you've been encouraged today. I hope you've been challenged today. Absolutely have a brilliant week and I look forward to hearing all kinds of stories and testimonies of people's experience this week. And so keep connected with your connect groups. Uh, we have devotions all throughout the week and on Thursday night, as, as Justin mentioned, we've got a prophetic night. Sign up for that. Do all that and uh, look forward to hearing what God's been doing this week, this coming weekend. Bless you. 